Welcome to this brand new episode of our podcast here, Small Groups Equipped to Lead. You're back with me and the commoner staff worker here with Christian Unions Island. And today we're finishing off our mini series on the Bible with Alison Williams, looking really practically about how we can lead on all that we've talked about so far in the last few weeks, how we can lead on this well in our small group and practically how can we lead good Bible studies. So Alison, thank you for being here again with me this morning. Great to have you here. Thanks for having me, Andy. So this is our third podcast here, looking at the Bible. The first one we discussed quite generally about what the Bible is and why we have it. Last week, we focused more specifically on how to find joy in scripture. And today's podcast, it builds upon the first two massively. And before we get properly stuck into it, I was just wondering if you can set us off in the right direction, recap the last few weeks to where we are now. Yeah, okay. So as you say, in the first week, we were looking at what is the Bible and just that important uh, realization that the Bible is God breathed. It's inspired by his Holy Spirit so that we can know him and we can look at the many books within this one book and get to know more about God's work of redemption in this world. And um I love the passage we talked about, didn't we, in in Luke 24, of how Jesus goes through the whole of the scriptures and shows the disciples how the whole of the Bible is about him. And he says um, in Luke 24, he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. And he told them, this is what is written, that the Messiah will suffer and rise from the day on the third, sorry, rise from the dead on the third day. And his followers will preach his name. And, um, it's just so wonderful, isn't it, that this book, this really wonderful book that we have, tells one story. And it's a story of how Jesus Christ has come to die and to rise and how that message will spread to all the nations. I once read Chris Wright saying that when we read the Bible, we need to read it messianically. So it's all about Jesus and missiologically. So it's all about taking Jesus to the nations. And that's just such a helpful summary, isn't it, of what Jesus himself says in Luke 24. And then we went on, didn't we, to think about the importance of getting into God's word, um, finding joy in reading the Bible, reflecting on what he is saying to us, and how the Holy Spirit himself helps us to understand and hear the voice of God. And that we can we do that individually but also as a community reading the bible together so that we would grow in grace and knowledge of jesus um, which is which is where the joy comes from in the end isn't it lovely that's so helpful thank you alison because you know today we are thinking of how we can do that well so in our small group communities how can we look at the bible how can we open up the bible how can we come to scripture and really come to know god more and i think there's definitely right in saying that there's sometimes this can be done really really well and has been led in this well and other times it's done not so well um it's still great to open up the bible and read scripture but but we can do this well we can grow in leading others into this and we can grow in understanding the bible ourselves so that's what we've come to think about today is you know, how can we open up the Bible? How can we lead on this as small group leaders in our CUs and to bring others into enjoyment of this together? But before we look practically at these elements, Alison, why should we open up the Bible together? Um, what is its purpose in our CUs and in our small groups? Yeah. So, I mean, last time we did talk a little bit about this, didn't we, and about the importance of 
reading the Bible together one-to-one in groups and also being um, taught the scriptures through our local church. It's such an important part of being a Christian and a loving Christian community can only be built around the word. Um, And as I read through Acts at the minute, I'm just so struck at how the scriptures are so important to the development of the Christian church and that community. So um, you, you hear, don't you, you read about the the disciples and the church needing to to listen to the apostles teaching and then when Luke records the apostles teaching what is it it's always bringing people to the scriptures and showing Christ through the scriptures and then when you read um also Paul's letters he's he's encouraging people to have the word at the center so Colossians 3 verse 16 he says let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another um having the word of God at the center will help us to to grow as a Christian community even um within our families as we were saying you know we we grow in our love as a Christian community by reading the Bible and I always think about um, Timothy and how Paul says you know remember your mum and your grandmum used to teach you the Bible and and how from infancy you had that word so the Bible at the center of our small groups is how our community will grow and then thinking about us as Christian Unions Ireland then our mission is to make Jesus known on the campuses of Ireland, isn't it? Um, we want to give students in the universities and colleges of Ireland the opportunity to respond to Jesus, to know him, to love him. And we do that by being part of a mission team, a Christian union on campus. And we build one another up. We grow as a loving community by focusing our eyes on Christ. And the only way we can focus our eyes on Christ is by opening the word together to to meeting him, to knowing him in the word. And so an organized Bible study small group, as we've been looking at, is, is how we can do that together. We can look into the scriptures, meet with Christ, pray for each other, pray for the university and go out better equipped to be disciple makers, which is what we want to be in the student world, isn't it? Yeah, when we look at Christ and when we see Christ together our lives are changed um they you know the Holy Spirit moves with us and he does change our lives to move us to love and be a blessing and to grow and moves us to share this with others you know it's really the gospel and it's really knowing who Jesus is that makes us want to share this well with others and you know as we think about we're a mission team on campus the way that we can unite people around this mission is to unite them around who Jesus is and see this together. So I think that is a real joy in small groups and what we have to do in small groups together. Mm. So what in that, what is the role of the small group leader, um, the study leader? Yeah, that's so important, isn't it? To to get that clear that as as a CU leader, as a small group leader within the Christian Union, you are not a pastor you're not an authoritative teacher you you know you're not um someone in authority over your group but rather your role is to facilitate to help your group to meet so thinking about practical things when are we going to meet how are we going to meet and to to encourage each other to sit around the scriptures to look at what is being said and allow the bible to speak to you today as the holy spirit uh, works in your hearts together and 
yes, it is an awesome responsibility to, to be that kind of facilitator and helper. But it's such a privilege, isn't it, to, to be doing something that is in step with the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit is the one who will lead us into all truth. He is the one who will bring us to see who Jesus is. He is the one who will change our hearts and transform us. Um, and so as a Bible study leader, you know that the Lord himself is going to meet with you through the scriptures by his spirit. And so, so it's every, there's every purpose in getting a group together, whether it's on Zoom or whether it's in a room or whether it's at your home, whatever it is that you bring people to an opportunity to sit around the Bible and to hear the Lord Jesus speaking to, to them and meet with him in the word. So it's a fantastic that that's our job. And then the Holy Spirit does the work of changing hearts. That's help, so helpful thinking that it is the Holy Spirit doing the work. We kind of facilitate and we work with him, mm. but we're not changing people's hearts. Um, it's so helpful and relieving knowing that that's not my responsibility today is to have my small group come in and change all of their hearts. So they glory Christ in everything that they do. <laughs> um, that's not in our job description. But we're facilitating it and we're working um, or trying to create a space. And, you know, you said you're working alongside the Holy Spirit. So how do we go about doing this as leaders? Yeah. Um, so I think I think one of my mistakes um, over the years as a small group leader has been to think that, you know, if I'm just really well organized and um if I, you know, make sure that I'm prepared and everyone's heard the, you know, got the message about when we're meeting or whatever, that that's the work done. And um, to be honest, I've forgotten, you know, at times that this work is a supernatural work and that the most important thing that you can be doing as a small group leader is praying for your group. That's part of your role as a small group leader, as you prepare and as you plan and as you get everyone together, is that you're praying that your friends and your, your group would grow to love Jesus more, that they would grow in their commitment to him, that they would long to reach out to their friends and that studying the scriptures would equip them to, to do that. And so I just really, before we get into sort of a to-do list, is to say, Praying for your group is the work <laughs> that, you know, as you're preparing the Bible study, just stop and pray by name for each member of your group. Or maybe, um, depending on, on what you're like as a person, maybe what you, what you could do is each day as you walk to university or as you um, sit down at the desk to, to study or as you go to look at lectures online, whatever it is, that you just pray for one member of your small group and you pray each day through your group and you're asking the Lord to do this work in their lives um as a team we've been looking at the book of Philippians and just really struck by Paul's prayer um for the Philippian church he says and this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. And just imagine um, what it would be like if we were praying that for our group, that we were praying that um, for each other, that would be 
just amazing if the Lord came and answered that prayer that we would know Jesus better that we would be filled with the fruit of righteousness that we would discern what is best so you know maybe it sounds like oh yeah she would say that but I really really want to encourage you that the most important thing you can do for your group is to pray for them but then obviously you do need to prepare and you need to think through how am I going to lead and facilitate a Bible study that's really going to help people to understand what the Bible is saying and to really encounter the Lord Jesus in the word and I suppose the the first thing um, I would say in that is please before you do anything talk to your staff worker or your reader worker and find out what resources are available to help you so lots and lots of Christian unions across the country have smallies or slobs and it's a place where you can go and learn how to study the bible and you know look at the passage together get really helpful input from your staff worker um, or whoever it is that leads that and then you can go well prepared to your small group and that is just so so helpful and they can encourage you to look at the right resources and and, and help you in that so please do um consider that but maybe um I can just also give a few pointers on looking at the word um and how you could be doing that um remember in our first podcast we talked about how there's so many different types of writing in the bible and how many uh, you know the history of the bible and how um the chronology of the bible is so important but it's all one story pointing us to Jesus and as you come to the scriptures we really need to be thinking about what the Bible is and how it's been inspired. And to be thinking about what am I reading here? What is, where, where does it come in the history of the Bible? What is, what is the type of literature that I'm reading? And allow that to shape us in how we study. Um, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is the story of Ruth. And, you know, over the years, I'm getting long in the tooth now, Andy. Over the years, I've done many a study in the book of Ruth. And I'm always amazed at the master storytelling in the Bible. Um, the, the people who tell the stories in the Bible, they don't, they don't sort of overstate things, do they? It's always really an understated story with just the kind of details you need. Um, and, you know, when we come to the book of Ruth, we come to just such an important time in the history of Israel. It's, it's the time of the judges, we're told. And in the previous chapter, Judges 21, we're told in those days, Israel had no king and everyone did as they saw fit. And that's a refrain that's repeated in the last three chapters of the book of Judges. And the, the issue, therefore, is where are we going to get a king? Where are we going to get God's leader to come and help the people? Um, but also we read that there's a famine in the land. Now, in terms of the chronology of the scriptures, we, we are in the land, the judges are ruling, and there's a constant cycle of apostasy and judgment. And so the, the term there's a famine in the land is because there's judgment on the land. So there's no king. The land is under judgment. What is God going to do? Well, the book of Ruth tells us that he's interested in two women, Naomi and Ruth. And that's what he's going to do, which is just so unlike us and so like God, isn't it? <laughs> to take this story of two women and put that right at the centre, right at the heart of um, this part of the Bible story. And so 
I'm not going to go on about it, but as we read through the book of Ruth, we see how God restores Naomi, who is empty, and brings fullness to her. How he brings her back to himself, brings her back to Bethlehem. And then how he brings Ruth the Moabite into his kingdom. And he does that through a redeemer called Boaz. God is blessing these women. He's bringing fullness. But he's not just bringing fullness to Ruth and Naomi. He's actually bringing restoration and redemption to the people of Israel. Because it finishes, doesn't it? The story finishes with the birth of King David, who is going to be God's rescuer for Israel. But then he's not just doing that for Israel. He's also doing that for us because we know that redemption is going to come through um, King David's greater son the lord jesus and so as we read the book of ruth for example and as we study that together we are not just reading um an interesting well it is an interesting story it's so interesting um but an interesting story about two women we're reading uh, the story of the salvation of all the nations through jesus the miss missiological messianic reading and we can learn so much more about how God is going to bless the nations and what we can look forward to now I'm not lying Andy when I tell you that I have been in many a bible study where the application of Ruth chapter 3 has been that women need to be more feminine honestly and it really is missing the point (laughs) of the book of Ruth that this is a book all about Jesus and how he's going to redeem unworthy unlovely people and make them lovely and make them worthy and fill their lives with goodness um so yeah that's just an example of how we need to read chronologically and within the genre um so yeah let's let's be thinking in those kind of terms as we read these passages but also we need to as we read through the scriptures we need to make sure that we're reading and preparing studies that are suitable for the passages that we're studying. So, you know, as I said, I'm reading through Acts at the minute and, you know, to to open a story in Acts and make it like a comprehension exercise isn't really gonna bring the stories to life. And we need to think, how how will we get people to engage with with these characters? You know, how can we get into the, the shoes of the Philippian jailer and um, Lydia or whoever it is that we're we're looking at how can we um, really help people to see what's going on or maybe if we're reading a gospel sometimes it's really helpful to stop halfway through a story and say what would you expect to happen just to show people how shocking and jarring often Jesus is and you know all these familiar things for many people we need to stop and, and just be creative in how how we write studies and how we lead people through the passages. I find um, Leading Better Bible Studies is a really helpful book on this. Just got loads of really, really helpful ideas of how to study different genre and how to be um, creative. But just last thing on this, because I have gone on for quite a long time, um, is (laughs) just to, to be creative as you read the Bible, but always make it your your aim and your focus that people are looking into the bible that they're focusing on the scriptures that they're asking about the the passage rather than just sharing 
different ideas that maybe have come up from the Bible. So like that thing I said about Ruth, you know, you get onto the bit about, you know, Naomi says, make yourself pretty, you know, put on perfume, put on your best clothes. And all of a sudden everyone's discussing what that means for, for femininity rather than seeing the big picture. So we need to always be bringing people back to the Bible, not just listening to our each other's thoughts on what's going on and to expectantly ask um, ask the Holy Spirit to open our eyes that we would see wonderful things through the word and so that instead of just having information that we would have transformation as the Holy Spirit works in our hearts. Yeah definitely and that's what we mentioned at the start of this conversation seeing that the Holy Spirit is working he is bringing about transformation and so we need we don't stop at the information. We don't stop at, okay, that's the end of the question. This is what the passage says. Um, have a good week. We actually think about what does this mean for us? What is the Holy Spirit talking about us? What is he working for in our lives? And for everyone, that's going to be different because everyone lives different lives. And so it's quite helpful thinking about how can we just pause and reflect and listen to what God's working in our lives and what does this mean for me so I, I in a bible study i love i love the so what questions you give an answer and the answer is like jesus and then so what <laughs> so what does that mean for us so what does that mean for you today um and i love just seeing people come into this and being transformed by this and actually being shaped by the word definitely and just asking you know what would it look like if we really believe these things if we really truly understood that Jesus is the redeemer of all the nations how would that be impacting our lives and um I, I once heard a a man speaking about how when he was um supervising students he's a professor um that he would ask them what difference would it make in your life today if you really believed that Jesus loved you um and it's that kind of thing isn't it it's like yeah I'm I'm looking at the book of acts what difference would it make in my life today if i truly believe that the holy spirit is still at work in the world and that he's working through his church yeah. and if as a as a see small group we were really grasping that well, how, how would our lives be different and then and then praying that like not not just some high working working harder to to make that happen you know but that you're therefore coming in prayer and saying holy spirit please you know show us how to live for you but also transform our hearts to do that um it's not it's not helpful is it if you leave um a bible study group with a to-do list of you know try to love people harder <laughs> um, try to be better try not to do this or that i mean it's really about the holy spirit being at work in our hearts isn't it to change us but we need we need to make space don't we we need to allow there to be um time to reflect on those kind of questions yeah, definitely. And that's that's what I was thinking about is um, creating this time to reflect, creating this time to think. And it does all of this does bring us back to what we we're talking about. And just in our first week, looking at the Bible is true. This is the truth. And we want to bring our minds to be shaped by the truth rather than being shaped by everything else that might be true, but not <laughs> the truth in the universal truth there. And everyone that's been in a Bible study, everyone that's led a Bible study knows that there's some difficult dynamics in leading a small group. Um, so 
let's kind of talk through some of these and yeah some practical tips and advice in wrestling with them well I mean all of us have had an evening haven't we where we've been in a group and um there's talkative Tanya who just will not stop talking so you can actually start the bible study and then there's um you're reading the passage and there's subjective Simon who's like well what this means to me without even you know looking at the passage or there's Nicola who's a bit of a know-all and wants to tell you all about where it comes from in the bible and <laughs> and all the while there's silent Samantha not saying a word and and we know what that feels like that it can feel uncomfortable that things are not quite going as we want and I suppose the first thing to acknowledge is that that is hard isn't it and it is hard um to to develop a group in which those dynamics become less and less of an issue and just praying again for your group and praying that people wouldn't do anything out of selfish ambition or vain conceit but in humility value others above themselves so that you as a small group leader are coming to the group with that kind of humility that you're wanting to lead others in a way that is for their for their good for their to serve them so that they also will want to serve one another um so some of that might come say you were studying that passage in Philippians you could ask how how can we be doing that better as a group how can we be looking out for one another better as a group and allowing um, people to think that through um but as you get to know your group you can begin to understand maybe silence Samantha is just a reflective observer and she has lots to say but it just takes a while to get there so you could be um perhaps sometimes letting people get into twos around your group so that someone like her who is so quiet could have a bit more time to reflect back things with just one other person so that then she'd be feeling free to talk within the group or um using people's names so asking people specifically to answer um also um making good use of eye contact so if you've got someone who's really dominating and giving you loads of eye contact because you're the leader and they want to dominate if you just look around the group while they're doing it they'll start to look around the group as well and start to realize oh yeah um it'd be good to hear from other people um also do it sometimes having studies where you take time to mark up a passage or make notes or just have quiet time um can can sort of dumb down to stifle some of that exuberance from the person who knows it all or the person who's always interrupting or the one who's heresy hunting and make it a bit more of a reflective time or um and you and I were chatting earlier about sometimes um in that time of application maybe just given maybe playing some uh worship music just to allow people to stop and think maybe write some notes and then feed back to one another. Maybe again in pairs, pray for each other and allowing those applications to happen. But I think um, just using some of those techniques will help. But what will really help is if people come with that desire to serve other people and to look out for the interests of others. And especially if you've got some non-believers in the group that, that, you're, that you're, you're really encouraging the Christians to serve that person and not to make them feel intimidated by their lack of knowledge of the bible but that actually you're all humbly coming to that one part of the bible and wanting to hear what the bible has to say to you today 
so that it's not about, you know, oh yeah, I've read the feeding of the 5,000 a million times. Um, and then the non-believer who's never read it before feels that they can't engage with it, but that we're all doing it for the first time almost together. So it's tricky. Group dynamics are, are really tricky, but um, prayer, getting to know your group, loving them well and mixing things up um, will help with those kind of things. Yeah, thank you. That is, that is really helpful. And, you know, you're thinking about not necessarily what can I get from this small group? What can I take from this? Um, but actually, you know, small group members encouraging them, what can I give? How can I serve? How can I love? And so it's just about thinking about and reflecting on these things. And, you know, if you, if there's someone in your small group that is very, very talkative and knows that they can easily dominate a conversation, um, it might be having a quiet word with them and being like, how can you love and serve your small group? And it could be to encourage them to, continue to talk and encourage different you know we need those kind of characters in a small group but actually being like be aware and love and serve others by maybe allowing or giving more time for others to answer or others to communicate yeah. and you know again with people coming in from different backgrounds and different understandings someone as I mentioned could have gone through this and worked through this a hundred times and read different commentaries on it but and someone may come into it and never have heard the passage before and so it's about loving and serving other people well, where you can kind of help them and lead them into this knowledge and into this truth, rather than thinking that, oh, this is, you know, too lower level of a Bible study for me, but actually coming and hearing and loving others well. Absolutely. Yeah, I hope this helps you, the listener, thinking through the small group and thinking through, you know, leading a Bible study. I hope it's encouraging because there's so much joy that can come from this together. That's what we looked at the last few weeks is, you know, the Bible is true. The Bible is, you know, a source of joy and um, encouragement and refreshing. It refreshes the soul. And as a small group leader, we get to just enjoy, enjoy this together, enjoy seeing the Holy Spirit work throughout the people's lives within our small group. And we can see that and we can become a part of that and pray for that as well. And I think, you know, our conversation is coming to an end again, unfortunately. But what is one encouragement that you would like to end with um, for our small group leaders today? Yeah, that's a great, a great question. Um, you know, I've been thinking a lot myself. So this is like a little encouragement um, to me and, uh, and to you as well. Is that so often we spend a lot of the day reading stuff, <laughs> reading websites, uh, social media, listening to um, different podcasts, listening to different news sites, whatever. And our culture is constantly feeding us all sorts of messages. Many of them are unhelpful. Some of them are untrue. And I don't even mean just the fake news stuff, but also just like what the influences are telling us about what we should have, what we should eat, what we should wear. And then there's that constant stream, isn't there, of news. And a lot of it causes anxiety and fear because there's so much that we don't, that we can't control and can't influence or, or can't be uh, part of. And so, so what I've been challenging myself with, and, and maybe I can ask you um, as small group leaders to be challenged by this too. What if we were to turn off that stream of information for just 30 minutes each day and fill our minds with what is actually true and what is actually real and what will bring us health and well-being? What if we were to turn off all the notifications and listen 
to the father who loves us. And this is my challenge to turn off the news channels, to turn off those things and just sit and read God's word just for half an hour, which is not very long when you think about it. You know, my screen time comes up and tells me I've spent two hours a day or whatever. Yeah, I should be spending a lot less than that. And I could be spending half an hour of that just reading what the father has to say to me about the son and allowing the Holy Spirit to do that work. So rather than becoming anxious to be so much more aware of how loved we are and how much hope there is in this dark world. So why don't you join me in that <laughs> half an hour a day or even less, but just reading the Bible and, and encouraging one another in that. Thank you so much again for your time here. I've really enjoyed just this time that we spent together discussing discussing the Bible, discussing the joy that's there within it, um, kind of and looking how great Christ is through, how great Jesus is through all of this. So thank you, Alison, so much for your time. Thank you for your thought that's gone into this. Thank you, Anne. Yeah, it has it has has been a joy for me. And thank you all for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this as well. I hope that you've taken something from this and learnt and grown together and be more excited about the Bible yourselves. Um, so that is it for us in this mini series, looking at the Bible. That is two of our five components within the small groups that we like to see come through discussed. And then next week we'll have Chris McBurney. And so he's the team leader in the North of Ireland and we're looking at the third component, which is prayer, looking at how we can incorporate prayer. What is prayer, the beauty and the gift of prayer and the importance of prayer in our small groups. So join with us next week as we listen to that. But again, thank you, Alison, and thank you all for listening. Add it up. Oh, 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 oh.